Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, I'm Mark Pugach and welcome to Game On, the weekly football chat show from Mail Plus. So Euro 2020 has started with quite a lot of drama, but now with a lot of relief. The Christian Eriksen is awake, stable in hospital and able to send messages to family and friends. We wish him the very best for his recovery. On the pitch, contrasting fortunes for England, Scotland and Wales. And with us to discuss all that, Alan McAnally, the former Scotland striker, Danny Murphy, the former England midfielder, and Martin Samuel, the Daily Mail's chief sports writer. Hello, everybody. Good to see you all. Alan, we have to start with you. What are your thoughts this morning after Scotland's defeat? Uh, Yeah, a little deflated. Uh, I mean, there was real optimism, to be honest, with the way Stevie Clark has, has galvanated the team really over the last couple of years and got us to a position where we're even in the competition. Because after all, we did get into the back door just, you know, penalties against Israel and Serbia. But I think going into the game, there was a, a real sense that we might actually get something this time. Um, but listen, we are where we are. We don't have an international football player on his own or in a front three that's going to score his goals at that level and defensively that's as good as we, we are and, and we, we've got some really good individual players in the Scotland team but I think yesterday I mean apart from an absolutely spectacular goal by Patrick Schick which was just stunningly unbelievable and I, I heard someone saying I can't believe Jack Henry tried the shot well they weren't saying that when we played Holland and he stuck the ball in the back of the net the fact that it's went to Schick and he scored from 50 yards is just incredible but <sighs> I mean, maybe there's a bit of a reality in our result yesterday, and that's how good as much as we are. And unfortunately, as good as job as Stevie Clark's done, we're probably going to play three games and go home. Alan, did it feel like, as watching a game with, with your pal Ali McCoy, that with Tierney mm-hmm. injured, that, that great access, the Tierney Robertson access, obviously wasn't there. And particularly mm-hmm. first half, Scotland seemed a bit unsure of themselves because that attacking threat that they can normally rely upon wasn't present. Yeah, and yeah, Andy Robinson did really, really well. But in terms of him having to run all the way back, when Tierney would have been doing that job for him, he could have spent most of his time in that final third. There's no question that that weakens us terribly. I mean, that's like taking Kane out of your team or taking, you know, the way Calvin Phillips played, for God's sakes, taking him out the, out the team. You know, and Kieran is such an important player. And you could probably argue that we're, we're as strong down the left-hand side as as any of the teams in the competition. But that was certainly did well to keep that under wraps. I didn't know. I, I, I arrived thinking, you know, Tierney and, and, and Robertson down the left-hand side. But I think that's that, that's a byproduct of what we watched yesterday. To chances, and you cannot fault the lads for effort. And that's the least you would expect, obviously, playing in a, for your international football cl- uh, team. But... We are not at an international level for individual players, and that's the bottom line. Daddy, what did you think watching it? I thought they did all right at times. Um, obviously, a lack of quality in the final third. I was surprised to see Dykes playing ahead of Adams, um, Premier League striker. Hmm. A bit more about him, obviously. It was a strange decision, that one, for me. I couldn't see why. That was you know, only 
tried to change that, didn't I? Didn't he by bringing him on at half time? Um, but ultimately, at international level, um, if you're not putting away your chances or you don't like scoring when you make them, you're always climbing a mountain. Um, but I, I saw the Czech keeper did all right. He made some good saves. Um, I thought they made enough chances to get some out of the game, but they just looked. They looked. They didn't. They didn't have that that killer instinct. They didn't have that no. fi- that bit of quality in the final third that you need. Um, Robbo had a chance as well. He could have done better with his quality, maybe. But they've got they've got a huge mountain to climb now. If you look at the two games, England and Scotland, over the last few days, you you you'd struggle to put an argument to see Scotland beating England, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, Danny, Vaslik and Goal had a couple of great saves. To be fair, he really did. He did. He in, did. In terms of odds hitting the target, and obviously Robertson's chance was a beauty. In terms, of, I don't. I think it bounces up on him. I think he wants to put it down to the goalkeeper's right. I think it bounces up and he hits it just straight out. But the dike, the dike's one out along the floor with the left foot was a simple foot, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it's come to him quickly and he's done well. But at that level, I'll put it this way. And and, and by the way, I, I I'm with you. I don't think he should have played dice. And, and and I was a wee bit disappointed, Ryan Christie, because I would have probably started Ryan Christie. But the game passed him by so quickly, and I was unsurprised that he made that change. But I would have played Kevin Nisbet because Nisbet's a bit, he's a bit kind of gal, he's a bit Scottish almost, it's a stupid thing to say, but he's a bit kind of like sure of himself. And I'd probably liked to have seen him playing, being a bit more aggressive, trying to pin them back. But if Shit had played for us, yeah. we'd have got something out of the game. Yeah. And I, and I don't mean just in terms of hitting the target, I mean control. I mean, there was a, there was a, I can't remember, I tried to log it myself, 62 minutes, 60 minutes, ball goes into the left hand. Right, right to the touchline. Great control, brings it back and tries to meg one of. I think it may have been Hanley and gets a corner. But his control and his composure was just fantastic. And Czechoslovakia breathe again, come and put us under pressure. That's the difference at this level. Yeah, Martin. We have to say, I said this last night on the telly. One of the top ten all-time European Championship final goals, surely. Schick's goal. Good goal, yeah. It was a very good goal. It, you know, but um, that's not why, you know, the, the Czech Republic won. The Czech Republic were winning anyway, weren't they, at that time? That's the second goal, isn't it, as far as I can remember. Um, yeah, Scott, I mean, look, they've expanded the tournament to 24 teams. And in that 24 teams, there will be teams that wouldn't have been anywhere near a European Championship tournament in the past, unfortunately. I mean, as, as good a job as Steve Clark has done, Scotland are, Scotland are one of those teams. They wouldn't have been involved in a 16-team European Championship. It's very, very hard for those teams. It really is. I mean, once it's once this, this is a, this is a uh, this was always the hardest tournament. This was always the hardest one. You had to hit the ground running in the European Championships. There was only 16 teams there. Before that, there was only eight teams there. If you lost your first match, you were toast. It, uh, and that was the European Championships. And and then it was lobbied and lobbied and lobbied to expand. And that's all UEFA or FIFA, everyone wanted to do. They want more matches. And, you know. and so now they've got 24 teams. Now 16 out of 24 go through. It's actually harder to get knocked out than it is to go through to the next round. You know. <laughs> situation. And, and, you know... But, do you want a bet? Do you want a yeah. bet? <laughs> <laughs> for those... For those <clears throat> Come in the route that that, that Scotland, uh, you know, there, there's a there's a big drop off between those elite teams in Europe yeah. and the guy and the teams that have come in, you know, virtually as as Alan put it by the back door, and Scotland are one of those. Um, 
you might have looked at this and thought, well, this would be the, the you know, the, the friendliest match, you know, to begin with. It, it hasn't, it, it didn't prove that, uh, that way. You look at England on, on, on Friday, the only thing that you, you'd look at Scotland and well, they've got a chance is because of the derby element of it. And we all know how random derbies uh, can become. So if England aren't on their game, Scotland will take advantage of that. But, if that group of players, if that group of players that England have got were another country, any other country other than England, and you looked at Scotland starting 11 and that starting 11, you'd go, well, there's about one guy from that team gets into that team. Mm. And it's very, very hard to see the, 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 you know, the, the significant group there losing. Yeah. But, um, that didn't uh, say what a good goal. Yeah, it was it was a very very good goal. But I mean, you know, that stuff happens. Alan, talk us through that. Come on, it's a striker. Forty nine point seven yards and three seconds. Well, I mean, and and a ridiculous. I mean, we were. It's, it's like a drawn five iron, isn't it? I mean, it's beautiful the way it flies through the air. Hang on a minute. You can't hit a five iron like that. No chance. <laughs> No chance. You might make come three feet off the ground. It might get on my go-to cover. Listen, five, <laughs> I, said, yeah, like, I was quite lucky, and I'm being I'm being genuine. I was quite lucky because if I used to, if the ball used to break to me, I used to run. There's no way I was shooting forty yards. I was running because no one's catching me anyway. So it didn't, it didn't really matter. Yeah. So that was all right. The goal is sensational. I mean, the fact that it bounces to him, lovely, is, is nice as well. But the view from the back of the goal is sensational. I mean, yeah. it really is. Because it's almost like a cartoon. And David Marshall realises, he's like, oh, my God. And, and I don't know what Danny thinks, but I was thinking, Dan, he's obviously taking a bit of stick, but he's definitely too far out his goal, end of. But yeah. it's almost as though he was he was ball-watching Danny, wasn't he? He was almost getting dragged closer to the, the halfway line because we were on the attack then, thinking there's no danger here because the ball's not going to get to Schick. And then all of a sudden, of course, Schick realises. But to throw it out left peg, with a proper draw outside the post and bring it in was was it really was real sensational. To be absolutely honest with you, I thought their first goal was a good goal. Was because it, it didn't look as if there was any problem, and the ball goes out to the right hand side. I think it was Manapus, and they're thinking, "Where's the where's the overlap?" There he comes, Sufal overlap ball in the middle. And if you watch, if you watch Patrick, he comes away initially, and then he goes and makes a run and gets in between Hanley and Cooper. And the finish is brilliant. I thought Czechs like uh, Czech Republic were pretty good yesterday, genuinely. And I, I'll tell you what I was disappointed with. They looked physically stronger than we are. They looked a real physical team. And I don't think we coped with that particularly well either. The other complication Scotland have got, by the way, is it's Croatia last, obviously. So yeah. if you look at this, the Czech Republic could turn out to be a, a bit of a better team than than, than people thought, a, a stronger group. Mm. If Croatia are in trouble against against the Czech Republic, if if they only get a point, if even if they if they were to get beat, you can still qualify. Um, in fact, uh, the majority of teams that get to three points do qualify if you're going sixteen from twenty four. Mm. But they'll need a positive goal difference. So in that very last game, it could be a situation where Croatia have got to go to town against Scotland, have got to mm. really, really be on the front foot, have got to yeah. make sure they don't end up with a negative goal difference. Because at the last at the last European Championships, when two teams went out on three points, there's only ever been three teams uh, in the history of World Cups and European Championships with a 24 into 16 that have, that have gone out with three points. 
Matching four, because um, Columbia finished bottom in 94 with three points. They're the only teams ever finished bottom with three points. But the only two teams that went out in France both had negative goal differences. So if you mm. can if you can stay on a positive goal difference or a neutral goal difference, you'll probably get through if you can win one game. And it could be that in that last one, Croatia against Scotland, and I know it, and the same could apply to Scotland as well. I realise that. But Croatia, that could be the game that Croatia have got to make some sort of statement because I thought they were quite yeah. ordinary against England. I was thinking, go out, we beat Croatia, that'll give us six points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're in the group. No, yeah, it's all, all, all fun. And what, were you, what, what have you been drinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about England, Scotland in a moment. Let's, let's in this part, though, just reflect on on England's system, Danny, England's approach, and I think particularly England's game management, which seems to be what's impressed people almost more than anything. Would you go along with that? Well, I was pleased that they went with the uh, one sitter and two ahead in the middle of the park. I think that was key because what that does as a player for me, every time I used to play that way with one sitting and two ahead, you feel like you're on the front foot and you're going to go after the game. Every time you see the manager choose two holding players with maybe a 10, it's a bit more negative. The mindset's different. And Phillips was phenomenal. He had a great game. I was, I actually surprised me how well he did in that position. He doesn't play that role a lot for Leeds. You know, he tends to play the role where Rice plays. So I was really pleased. I think the, I think the last warm-up game probably pushed them into that because they they started with two holding in the first half, and in the second half they switched to the three, and it worked much better. So that was a really smart move. And I think the other smart move tactically was playing Sterling. I thought he might play Rashford ahead of Sterling, but one of the two I thought should have played because of the obvious, which was the runs behind. Because Sterling kept getting in behind with his running off the ball, which is kind of what Rashford does off the left as well. There was a lot of talk, wasn't there, about playing Foden and Grealish with Kane. But for me, that, that three of them all like to come to feet more than go behind. So, again, he got that right. Um, I was surprised he played Trippier. I mean, I know he did all right and there wasn't much for him to come up against on that right side for Croatia, but I still thought it was a strange choice, you know, with because uh, more because of what it does to Chilwell and Shaw in terms of their mindset of how they feel. You know, it's like, hold on, you're playing a right back ahead of me at left back. It's, it's, it's not, I still find it difficult to figure that one out because it's not as if he's a, a talker. You don't see him organising and, and getting after people on the pitch. But I think that's why, listening to the interviews afterwards, Danny, I think that's why I did play him, because he was sort of talking Tyrone Mings through the game and he's got championship experience and he's obviously, if these are Gareth Southgate's words, hardened even more by playing in La Liga. I mean, it was a surprise, of course it was, but I think that was the justification for playing Trippier, which begs the question, he might carry on playing him in there. I don't think he will. The problem you've got with playing Trippier is very simple, is that so, so many times the ball comes out wide and he ends up going back in when really a left footer would take it, open up the pitch, then you can go wide or you can go inside to the forwards. It just get, it be, it be, You become more one-dimensional. I think it's easier to play against. I'm talking about when you've got better opposition. You know, they'll show you out there, give it to him because you know he's going to play inside the whole time. He doesn't want to get it on his left and play down the line. So I, I think one of the others will come in the next game, personally. Martin, it, it was an encouraging start from England. I think it's careful that people don't go over the top, but in, England have never won the opening game of the Euros before. They don't no. often win the opening game of a major championship, is the truth. No, absolutely. Um, the, the big hurdle come, comes later when we've got to win the first knockout game. Yeah. Uh, we've ever won at a uh, European Championship. We've never won a single knockout game. Um, so, look, 
we all know that there's bigger tests ahead, but it was it was an excellent start all the world over. I mean, I know Croatia were quite disappointed, but they're the World Cup finalists. You know, they've beaten the World Cup finalists in the first game and a team that sort of passed us to death the last time we played them. I know we went 1-0 up, but um, Croatia were the much better team that day. Um, and I thought England were the much better team uh, on Sunday. So all you can do in three years is, is improve. And I realised that Part of that is to do with Luka Modric now being in an advanced stage in his career and he's not in his peak anymore. But having said that, um, there was a period when he suddenly got control of the game. I think it was quite, you know, about after about 20, 25 minutes and you're thinking, oh, here we go again. They're just, you know, they, they're going to control the tempo of it and everything. And then England took it back off them uh, in the second half. So, yeah, it was it was a very, very promising start. And, and, and My- Got the, sorry, I was sorry. He hit, they hit the ground running. That's no, right, Danny. He hit the ground running um, in Russia as well, uh, Gareth Southgate. So it's the second time he's done it in a tournament. Nothing like winning your first game to to get the country behind you, get the country going. Basically, I thought we looked fit as well. I thought we looked stronger mm. than him. I thought we looked sharp. But, you know, talking mm. about game management, the fitness levels of the lads. You know, people like Mount and Phillips. And Rice, you know, they, they've got these engines that just they, they, they just keep going and keep going. They can keep pressing. They know when to drop off. It's a real. I I, I was talking about the Czechs looking strong compared to Scotland. Mm. I thought it was the other way around in the England Croatia game. As the game went on, usually you'd have a spell in the game where you think, oh, they're on top of us. You know, we're we're hanging on a bit. It never felt mm. like we were. Felt it felt comfortable against a good side. Mm. Mm. Let, let's talk about Christian Eriksen, and we'll do England Scotland in a few moments' time. Alan, I mean, it's it's thankfully, miraculously, and the medics are astonishing people, and he's tweeted from his uh, hospital bed, and he's given it the thumbs up and a statement, and that is just the best news of Euro 2020, of course. What mm. about UEFA's protocols, this play tonight or play tomorrow lunchtime? I mean, thanks, play tonight. You know, what sort of earth state of mind would they have been in to play that evening, the Danes? Yeah, I think I might have struggled with the game. Uh, what is it, 90 minutes, uh, two hours yeah. afterwards? Yeah, it's quite it's quite extraordinary what happened. Genuinely, I mean, I heard the story, and I don't know if this is true that that he'd FaceTimed or whatever he'd done and said to the lads, "Play, play. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm in the hospital. I'm being looked after. I'm okay," or what he thought was okay, because he's probably sitting in bed now thinking, yeah. "What happened? What, what God's name happened there?" Because it happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, the project such a difficult difficult thing. I think as a player, I think I'd have been I'd have been happier known. You know, overnight, how is he today? We'll play today. I think I'd have been happy with that. On the day, I thought it was a weird decision for them to start, but it might have been driven by Christian Eriksen himself, and the lads are almost like, they almost have to almost take Christian's voice and say, okay, he wants us to play, we have to play. They were in a position that they couldn't turn back. And I heard a couple of them from then thinking, you know, they almost wish they hadn't played. It's a very, very difficult situation. The bottom line is, listen, okay, the game went ahead. Denmark got beat. That's not good for them. Christian's okay. He's in hospital and he'll get treated because no one knows how it happened, why it happened, and there'll be tests constantly to make sure he's okay. Yeah. Because Danny, actually, as Ericsson pointed out, he doesn't remember anything, thankfully. It was, far, it was obviously terrifying for everybody else. It was terrifying for his teammates more than it was for him because he didn't know what had happened. So, as Alan says, to go and play two hours later, poof. Well, I think you can sometimes think you're okay as well. well you know, when, yeah. when trauma happens in any form, mm-hmm. you, you look back and then only when you look back with hindsight, you realise how badly affected you were. 
I do. I agree completely with Al. I think he hit the nail on the head. I think when Ericsson spoke to the lads, they probably felt some sort of obligation to go and do it for him and didn't realise how trauma can get you physically. And you might, I mean, your mind can't be. It was ironic because before that, they were dominating the game, weren't they? Mm-hmm. The contrast was so obvious. Um, and, and I know people have said, well, it should have been taken out of their hands. And there's, I mean, all you can do is learn from something like this, I suppose, as an organisation or as, as, I don't know, it's, What's the point in pointing fingers? The, the, the fact is, it's been played. He's okay. And that's the main thing. And we all wish him our best. I mean, it's it's a horrendous situation. Something that, in many ways, I wish we hadn't seen. Have you got a view on UEFA in this, Martin? Uh, I've only got a view that it's UEFA and FIFA who have stuffed the calendar with more and more games, left, just left them with no time in the schedule. So, in the end, when the Danish players say, we'll play... They seize on that like a like a drowning man, UEFA. Oh, right, that that because that gets them out of trouble. Because if the Danish players had said we don't feel right to play, mm. and the next option was the following mm. day, but even that, it's not an it's not an ideal option. The ideal option is you put the game back, and it becomes the last game of the group stage in a, in, a, in about a week's time. But if you look at the schedule of this tournament, there is no space to do that anymore because coming back to the 2014 tournaments and the 48-team World Cup that we're going to eventually end up with and, and stuff like that. And there's just no room in the schedule to, to move anymore. Um, so if something like this happens, um, there's nothing you could... There must have been a blind panic at UEFA just about the logistical side of it. Forget about the, the human tragedy that's unfolding in front of everybody's eyes. There's a guy looking at the logistics of the tournament at that time who's thinking, what can we do? What can we do? Um, because there was no other option. After The only two options by the sounds of it that the Danes were given was start again this evening, play tomorrow at 12 o'clock. Um, even that, they couldn't bear to clash with one of the other matches. They couldn't say, mm. play tomorrow night at 6, <clears throat> play tomorrow night at 8, give yourself... Give yourself more than twenty-four hours to to get it, get this you know out of your system as much as you can. They couldn't even do that because broadcasting contracts would have dictated. It, it, it's a, a, it's a ridiculous situation that, that football has got itself into because they have, and it, it falls on the same group of players all the time. The new club World Cup that's coming up that will be extended to 2014. They don't want Norwich City in it. They want the same group of players that are going to contest the Champions League, that are going to contest the World Cup, that are going to contest the European Championship. But Arsene Wenger saying there should be a World Cup every two years and stuff. At some point, and I'm not saying this has anything to do with what happened to Christian Eriksen, but it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It is a matter of time before... You start, people, you know, become, the physical challenge becomes too great. You can't just keep going to the well all the time, all the time. And people talk about how much money everyone earns and as if that protects you. You know, it gets you a good doctor, but that's about all it gets you, you know. So, I mean, that's, you know, so it's, I think it's a bigger problem than just UEFA's handling of one match. I think that is symptomatic of the wider problem of football, which is which all the all of the administrators keep doing, is forcing more and more matches to the into the calendar and putting greater and greater demands on on, on the same elite group of players. 
Danny, before we talk about England, Scotland, what about Wales? A draw in Baku against Switzerland, which was probably not a bad result in the end, makes the Turkey match even more important. What did you think of the Welsh performance? I thought they got lucky. Uh, but in some ways, when you get lucky in a game and you feel like you've, you've kind of stolen a point, you can gain momentum from it. Give you a bit, of, you know, a bit of confidence going into the next one, thinking maybe looks on your side. I, I, I thought Switzerland were decent. I thought they controlled the majority of the game. They had the best chances. Keeper had a great game, didn't he? And um, you know, the the, the, the equaliser was a good goal. But other than that, they didn't really threaten. Um, the 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 best thing for them is probably watching Turkey's performance. I mean, I don't think they can be that bad again. But when you're when you're looking at a team you're coming up against, you've just been thumped. And they look, you know, they looked, they didn't look fit to me. They looked well off the pace against Italy. There were so many of their players flagging. I don't know what they've been doing in you know the build up. But if I was with the group of Welsh players, I'd be ecstatic we got a point. And and looking at that game, thinking we got a hell of a chance here. Um, but this is the game for them, isn't it? Because you wouldn't see them being able to cause Italy too many problems with how sharp they look. So it's a massive, massive game for Wales and they need one of the big boys to step up because too many of them weren't quite at it, were they, in the game for me? Ramsey got better in the last 20 minutes, didn't he? But Bale was a, was a bit ineffective throughout. Yeah, well, Ramsey likes getting on the ball. He goes, the game went on, yeah, he started doing a little bit more. But Bale needs the ball, needs the service. And when you're struggling to play out from the back and they're not, they're not particularly... Um, great playing out from the back where they, you know, they, they, they have to mix their game up because of the, the, the tools they've got. Um, it's hard to get Bale on the ball a lot. So he's going to have to go hunting the ball down to do a bit more. But it's, it's going to be interesting because, you know, the Turks who have said look bad, they've, they've been getting some rave reviews. Mm-hmm. And I, I expect a reaction. I mean, any group of players, when you get spanked in your first game, you expect a reaction. So... I think it's going to be an interesting game. I, I certainly wouldn't want to go either way and say who's going to get win, but you'd think if they don't win this one, it'll be over for the Welsh. Yeah. Um, Alan, you have to say, the Turks looked average as much as anything. The Italians made them look average. The Italians looked super cool, of course, in their suits. Yeah. But they yeah. look like a team who... That's nine wins in a row for Italy and they haven't conceded a goal in any of them. Chiellini, Bonucci... We have to take them as serious contenders for the Euros, don't we? Even I know it's only one game, but it's not one game. It's the last 28 games unbeaten. What you really want to say is it's you and I that said they were our dark horses. <laughs> I I've said so many things to so yeah. many people. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, yeah, you're right, they were. I, tell you, I, I, I agree with Danny Holy. I thought Wales were pretty lucky. And I don't know whether they, they'd be as well just being not route one football, but you know, don't be too clever at the back. Yeah. Get the ball forward into areas where... They can try and scrap for the ones and twos and then get it to the players that matter with the pace of James and maybe try and get Gareth in the game that way. Kiefer Moore's a big boy. He'll win his fair share of headers. And it's, you know, I, I just think it's too... It's, I'm not trying to oversimplify it and you want to play out. But there must be times where you say the ball has to go elsewhere because we're going to get caught here. And if we get caught, we get beat. I was a little disappointed in Turkey for sure, especially in the opening game of the Euros. You think they'll be up for it big time. And Danny's right. Everybody was talking about uh, what's his name? Yilmaz, uh, when he scored 20-odd goals for yeah. Lille, they won the, won the title, yeah. the, the boy up top. Never got a kick. I mean, never got a kick. Yeah. So that was really weird. But yeah, Italy, for me, looked pretty okay. They do. Uh, and they look as though they've got, don't know, a little bit of badness in them. There's a little, that, that kind of Italian still in there. They're not just playing. You know, they're leaving an arm in and an elbow in and bits and pieces. And I was like, all right, okay. That's what they're here for, for sure. 
This will be a tough one for Wales, though, against Turkey, because Turkey can't be as bad as they were. If Wales play the way they did against Switzerland, they won't win. I don't think so. Because if they take too many chances, I think Turkey will pick them off, because there's no way Turkey can be that bad again. Martin, Turkey beat Holland. We've had World Cup qualifiers, of course, because of the weird year we've had. And Turkey beat Holland in a World Cup qualifier not long ago. I think that's why we were quite intrigued by them. Mm. And as Alan Alan and Danny have underlined it, they cannot be that bad again. Well, I thought they started that first... It was only about a spell of about 10 minutes, but I I thought they started or started away and then they they sort of uh, fizzled out in the first half and they were non-existent in the second. Um... Baku is as near as they've got to a home match as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Baku is a, it's a dreadful location for a football tournament. You saw the, um, we saw it at the Europa League final with Arsenal and Chelsea. The local interest was, was limited to say the least. Nobody cared about Wales versus Switzerland. I mean, yeah. the, the ground, it, it wasn't empty because of COVID. It was empty because, you know, the people of Baku didn't care about Wales versus Switzerland and it's six hours from everywhere else. So you can't get there. You know, any of the people who are interested can't get there. It's a dreadful location. And, and you know, uh, you do wonder what, you know, UEFA, why UEFA keep going back to the oil and gas rich um, <laughs> nation of Azerbaijan for their matches. You really do wonder what's in it for them sometimes. But anyway, um, leaving that aside, um, what they have got, is um, Turkey are near neighbours. Apparently, there will be a strong Turkish following in the stadium. That's just, you know, so they've got to put on a bit of a show. They can't just fizzle out uh, as they did in in Rome. Really, they, they 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 you know they should be fired up for this. And and again, coming back to the mathematics of the group, you've got to do something. You, you know, you, you've got to do something. You've got to. They've got a massively negative goal difference at the moment by comparison to other countries, you know, 3-0. So, you know, they've got to correct that because, you know, you will go out on goal difference in this in this sort of reckoning of third-place teams if you're not careful. So, um yeah, you've said it. You've said you've got, I mean, you, you and you pointed out earlier, you don't always go through with three points, but three points... No. Most of the time, gets you. Through. We got Portugal through five years ago. Three draws. There's been 24 groups um, have played in this system, and three points has been good enough on 20 of 24 occasions. Yeah. So there's, there's so there's, you know, there's, if you get three points with a positive goal difference, you're through. If you get four points, you're guaranteed. But um, if you get three points, you're through. As long as as long as your goal difference isn't too bad. Okay, Al, let's build up Friday night then. He said it himself, Steve Clark. No point sulking. No point feeling sorry for themselves. Tierney should no. be back. Um, I've already pointed out Scotland have already won in, in London this year at Twickenham. I hadn't won at Twickenham since <laughs> 1983. Wow. Come on, all the, I'm, I'm building it up for you. Give us really? a case for Scotland. Uh, let's talk about Twickenham again. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. And, and Danny's going really to slaughter me here. Uh, now, I suppose... Yeah, exactly. Um I suppose really, and I said it already, I think regardless of the game against the Czech Republic and regardless of the result, it, is, it does have a different dimension, England and Scotland, because you know we don't have it that often. It's obviously the old enemy, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody's, to be honest, of all the fixtures, this is the one we've been looking forward to, for goodness sake, you know, England against Scotland at Wembley. And it will be different because the lads all know each other. So there's not that same dy- dynamic in terms of it being a foreign country, as it were. 
and they'll just be a little surprised. I mean, I think the best we can get is a point, generally. I don't think we're good enough to go because we don't score enough goals. So if we get a 1-1, I think we'll swarm the channel. But there will be a different feeling, a different scenario, and the whole feeling of the Euros will be gone, and it will be England against Scotland. That's what gives us any kind of morsel of advantage that, that might go in our favour. But the bottom line is, and Danny and I know, we played in loads of games. When you have better players and better quality players, that should be enough if you do your job properly. That's where Scotland lack, and that's where I think they might be wanting, unfortunately. Yeah, I think there's always there's always um, hope. Of course there is. I mean, joking aside, especially if you score first in a big game and then you can hang on to what you've got because yeah. Steve Clark does know how to organise a side defensively. They've shown that Scotland at times. They can dig in. So, but they'd have to score first to get anything for me. I think the mm. difference this time, when you look at England, Scotland, and you look at obviously England's better quality, what you, what I don't worry about with this England side is application. You know, they're not, they're not that super, they're not that big superstars, and it's not they like golden generation where they walk on a pitch and just because they've got the names, they think they're going to turn a team over. This mm. is a team that's full of endeavour and hunger. You know, when you look at the likes of me, I use Mason Mount because he's a great example of someone who conducts himself the right way. Forget his quality. I'm on about his putting himself about. Sterling running off the ball. You know, Phillips and Rice in midfield, honest. The full-backs up and down. You know, the centre-halves, they're nasty at the moment. They get it. They're just stones. I like his aggression. He, they're all playing for their places. There doesn't seem to be a complacency about this England side. So, I don't. I, I would be amazed to see England fall flat on the face against Scotland because of a lack of, you know, because of complacency or a, or a lack of um, concentration. So I think it will come down to the quality and over. Obviously, it, the weather will wait and see. But I think over a ninety-minute period, the quality we've got will just wear the Scots down, mm. and that's why for me the only hope they've got really, the Scots, if they can get a goal, you know, get an early goal and hang on to it because then they don't have to come out. If there's, if there's anything we have to do, if we take any comparison the way the Czech Republic defended against us, that's how we'll have to defend against England. We'll need to carry a bit of lady, lady luck for sure as well. That has to be on our side. And I don't know, I think he'll play Jack Henry, he'll play Grant Hanley. I don't know whether Liam Cooper will play, but he'll still play in the three. And if Tierney plays and obviously Robertson down the left-hand left -hand side, you know, that's going to be good for us in terms of... <laughs> McGinn did, I mean, he, he's industrious and he's a tiger and he'll, you know, he's in and around and try and get in the box as often as he can. But I, I keep thinking as much as I want us to be on the front foot, we'll have to be so careful with England's quality. And that's the bottom line. It's, that, that's the kind of situation we're in. The fact that we're at the tournament, that's what we should be happy about. The fact we're playing England, it gives us an extra dynamic in terms of, Surely we can't beat England, can we? Do you think you play two up front? Do you play both up front this time or do you play 5-4-1? No, we've got to play two up top. We've got to. There's no point. Fight. No, I'd still play two up top. Because we've got Armstrong, McGinn and McTominay and McTominay can sit, I still think we can afford to play an excellent up top and try and keep you a little bit more uh, worried about what we've got. If, if we play one up top and try and think we can run the middle of the park, I don't think that's the right way for us to play. I really don't. We are left side bias because as much as O'Donnell's done okay down the, the right-hand side, our play down the left is much better. And we know that as soon as Robertson or Tini gets the ball, the ball's in the box. I'd rather have two guys in the box rather than one in the box against England. So I don't think he'll change formation. 
I think you might change staff, um, and pr- probably because that's a must if we wanted to try and win the game. Martin, you've just been talking about the schedule and too many matches, and we've had the European Super League fiasco where they want Real Madrid v Liverpool every week, which is why this is so good because it doesn't happen every week, and we look forward to it because it's because of its rarity. This is obviously what sports administrators never take into account because they're chasing the dollar. But this is why we're all so excited, because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that might be to England's advantage, because the, the, the sort of significance of a, uh, an England-Scotland match, um, it doesn't mean as much, I would have thought, to Mason Mount's generation of players, because it, it wasn't that big thing that it was when I, mm. you know, when I was growing up, when we were all growing up, when there was a home, home international championships every year and, and things like that. And, and you've got that sense of, you know, an intense rival. I mean, I can remember going to cover the matches for the first time. You felt it in the press box, you know, like... Guys that you'd you'd you know, you'd work with all year suddenly snarling at you and, and, and stuff like that and um, that was just the was, English ones and that was just the <laughs> English yeah yeah mostly yeah and um, whereas um, I, I don't know I mean if you're Phil Foden obviously you'll you'll play these guys in in age group matches and stuff like that but I don't think there's as but there's as much rivalry in in the average Premier League dressing room now you're more likely you're as likely to have a rivalry with the, the French players or the Spanish players yeah. or whatever as, as a group of Scottish players and obviously everyone knows the significance of the England-Scotland game so I'm not saying that ever goes away but I don't think it will phase this group of players certainly the younger ones as much as it has maybe phased teams in the past uh, Daddy, You said it Daddy it's complacency that's the message from Gareth Southgate isn't it this week do not be complacent. Do not take this for granted. Yeah, I, I just can't see it because of the, the great competition for places at the moment, they're all desperate to start and sort of stay in the team. Um, there's a lot of pace in the side, a lot of a lot of high energy. I just think it's a nice, they've got a nice balance in the squad. The squad's full of players who are hungry and, and, and determined. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see a strut on many of them in a negative way. I mean, I don't see an arrogance that's that, that that will turn into complacency. If anything, I see the momentum building. You know, it's it's in, in some ways. I, I thought for Scotland, for Scotland, it would probably be a the, the first game would have been, to play England first would have been better because the I nerves agree. of the nerves of the England players. The first game we've got to win. You know, we haven't played for a few mm-hmm. weeks. It's the Euros, the expectancy. It would have been better, I think, to give Scotland the chance if they played them first. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if we'd have, we'd have beat you first, wouldn't we? Not. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say. In terms of obviously us losing the first game, our, our our energy will have to be so high for the whole of the time. And you know, I would imagine Stevie Clark will use substitution as in, in a in a position where we try and keep that energy all the time, regardless of the way the game's going. Uh, but Danny makes a great point. Had we played England first, that would have been a, a result for us. But uh, I, I'm going to have to obviously hope we can still get something out of it. And, and Martin quite really says, I don't know whether it means an awful lot for some of the lads, but, you know, mums and dads will be telling, yeah, you know, that, Phil Foden but... and Mason Mount and stuff and say, oh my God, you're going to play against Scotland. What an opportunity because we used to love this game and the guys are going to get it from each other. But mm. at the same time, you know, because it doesn't come around that often, hopefully there's enough within the English feeling. and Because I'll tell you right now, everybody's disappointed all over Scotland and all over Scottish fans. But on Friday morning, we'll be like this. Right. 
Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into them. That's brilliant. But that's... Trafalgar Square, and here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's the thing. People should see that's that because you get a proper cap. That's so good to see, Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the thing that is the thing that the the worst thing England could 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 do really is be bouncing off the walls about it. Is is to get yeah. drawn into that. The, the the way to play is right. This this is another game. You know, look around yourselves. We're better than them. We've got this. We've got this. We play our game. We've got this. And the, the one way that England could definitely lose it if, is if they get drawn into exactly, you know, what Alan was just talking about yeah. there. Everyone's so hyper and nuts yeah. about everything or whatever. If anything, did you not think, Alan, that was, there was a little bit of that with Scotland yesterday, that it was almost yeah. too, emo- it was too emotional for them yeah. and, uh, uh, and everything. You see, you see it with Brazil. Can you remember Brazil at their own World Cup? Everyone's in uh, tears during the national anthem yeah. and stuff. And you're thinking, yeah. this cannot end well. You can't no. win a World Cup with everyone in tears all the no. time. You know? <laughs> no, and we, we and we had only 13,000 in the stadium as well. And it's still, yeah. you know, Hamden's pretty good for noise, etc. But, well, I suppose as a nation, we carry ourselves almost that kind of emotion. But there was, and probably again, and maybe it's, it's unfair to have a go at the lads, you know, 23 years since we played in a, a proper tournament, you know, mm-hmm. I suppose that there was the build-up of, you know, it's great to be back and, you know, everybody's got their, their silly hats on and the funny hairs and all the <laughs> thing we, you know, drinking whiskey all day and stuff like that. I was going to, seeing see the game, Dan, and you, we spoke about Trippy earlier on. I'd have played Trippy because I think he trusts Trippy, And I think what Mark said about being hardened and winning the title in Spain which is sensational, by the way, and also him playing in tournaments. I can understand them playing, but I think I'm with you. I don't think you'll play him against Scotland. No, I don't, just because of the balance. And then uh, I'm not, look, I like Trippier. He's a good player. He's a good footballer. And he's a mm. good defender. He's experienced. He's, he's calm. He's, I like him. He, he's got loads of attributes, but he doesn't play left back. Very no. rarely plays left back. You're asking someone to play out of position. And it's not, it's not the damage it does to the team. It's more then if you're going to ask Chilwell or Shaw to play when you've already kicked them a little bit in the teeth saying, mm. you know what, I trust this right back a little bit more than you um, to play this opening game. Well, Chilwell's just played in a Champions League final and played probably the game of his life mm. on the biggest biggest platform he can ever play on. And yeah. Shaw playing regularly at Manchester United week in, week out. I mean, that's pressure in itself. So I, I, I just thought it was a strange one. It didn't, it didn't do the team that much harm. I mean, it would be interesting to see if he played there against the side that had a good right winger, you know, who tested him down his left side. Yeah, that's um, true. That's why I think I, he'll I, play against Scotland for the simple reason if, if Tierney and Robertson are coming down, then you've got Trippi and, I don't know, maybe Walker is one of your right-hand side of a three. He won't. I, I think he'll stick with a four. I don't yeah. think he'll change yeah. the system. The thing is with Walker, what you get with Walker is, I, I always look at it from a very simplistic point of view. If I'm playing against England, and I'm anywhere near the left-hand side of the pitch, and I look at the team sheet, and I think Walker's playing, I'm thinking, oh, my God. Because he, he can cause us problems. In his pace, his recovery runs. Mm. If you play any of the others, it doesn't worry me as much as a player. That's what I look at. He can hurt mm. you. I mean, OK, makes the odd mistake. All our full-backs do. They all, they, everyone makes a mistake. But when you play, when Walker's at his best, and I know he give the ball away a couple of times, but when he's at his best, he's not far off from playable. And, and he had a very good second a, half of the season, didn't he, at City? Had a really strong second half. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we came out of the group and we got to play, we had to play Germany and Leroy Sane was on the left wing for them. I know I'd want it right back. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Trippier. That, that, that's a good way. That's a good way to end because that group starts today. The group of I mean, it's possibly the greatest group there's ever been: France, Germany, and Portugal, and poor old Hungary. So we're looking forward to that. But under any other business, Alan and I are sitting there slightly smug about Italy. Well, it's only one game. Any anybody else, Danny, that you would pick? As I said, we haven't seen France, Germany, or, or Portugal yet. But but Belgium, would you? What did you think of them? Well, you can never write Belgium off with the quality they've got. I know Hazard's not quite hundred percent. De Bruyne hasn't start, hasn't played yet. But you know, how can you dismiss a team with the quality they've got? And arguably, they've got one of the best strikers in the world on form. I mean, he looks fit, sharp, hungry. His attitude's tremendous. He's, I know he's worked hard, looking out. You know, changed a lot in his lifestyle to get to the levels he's at. Now, the one thing I'd say about Italy that worries me. I don't see Italy going all the way. You know, because they've got the three little, they're, they're small up top. Yeah, if you get same. after them yeah. and press them and they have to go long, I, I think that I think they're a bit reliant on the on the footwork and the nimbleness of their front players. But if you make them go long to those three, I don't know how they, they haven't got another option, have they? So mm. I, I think Belgium would, I, I'd have Belgium ahead of Italy personally. Al, apart from uh, any, yeah. anybody else you pick out? Oh, I'm just good. I mean, you said the Dutch won't win it. I don't know. I mean, to score three goals against you, just the game was entertaining. I kind of enjoyed the game, I suppose. Um, and Danny's right about Italy going forward, but I, I was going to say that Benucci's 130 and Cialini's 122. <laughs> so <laughs> once you play someone else, it might give them more problems. I, I'm loath to say it, but England have looked hoped with the pressures of playing Croatia really well. Really, really well. I like their manager as well in Gareth Southgate, and I think England will go deep in the competition. And they say bet responsibly, and I have. I've had 50 quid in Lukaku to be goal scorer. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, any other well, business? Any other business? Yeah. Um, I think we, we're going to come back to our mile mates at UEFA again. Um, <laughs> how arrogant have you got to be as an organisation that you won't, you pressure countries so that they don't wear their own kit? What are England's colours? They're white, blue, white. We played all white at the weekend. They they insist they're like FIFA started this. They want you in blocks of one colour, blocks of a single colour. They think it looks better. They think the game looks better visually if there's blocks of a single colour. I've counted them. There's been 20 <laughs> countries played so far. There's 15 single block colour kits. How arrogant have you got to be that you have got you won't allow Holland to play in white shorts? How arrogant have you got to be that the Azuri, Gli Azuri, Gli Azuri, that is the name of the Italian national team. That's what their fans call them, Gli Azuri, the Blues. They played a team in red and they were in all white. You tell me. <laughs> and and where, how does the game look better if everyone looks the same? I've counted them so far. I think we've had five all blue kits. We've got five all white kits. Uh, there were three all red kits. I'm trying to think what last night's was because the last game, I, uh, the, one of them's in all yellow. That's a, that's the first all, ye uh, uh, all yellow. Sweden, wasn't it? Sweden, yeah. Sweden in all yellow. So the only yeah. ones who've actually kept their own colours so far as a home team, Denmark played in red, white, red, and Spain, bless them, last night played in red, blue, blue, which is Spain's colours. But the idea that, you know, and, 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 and the, the team's conform to this as well. Holland have actually changed their national strip to all orange. But that's not Holland. Mm. Never has been Holland. It's Danny, orange. imagine spending 20 minutes inside that head. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, what do you not think tradition is I think tradition is important yeah. in this. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, Listen. your team yesterday, Alan, didn't look like Scotland to me. No, I know. Well, well the, the whole strip, stripping, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. wear white shorts. Listen, I've still got a pair of white shorts that are about that size now, but we yeah. had always white shorts with yeah. a tartan tie to tie the shirt. Always. Always and red socks, incidentally, as well. Unless we were yeah. home with yes. maybe playing blue socks, that's what we always had. That's what I've got upstairs in the loft. All my shirts have got the whole Scotland. shoot match, and that's Scotland. Absolutely, at least, at least we know what, what at least we know why Scotland didn't win now. At least we found their excuse. <laughs> if you can't play like Scotland, you at least look like Scotland. I mean, that's, yeah, that's at least look good and get beat. Yeah, we get one out of two for good. But, 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 it's really that, that this sort of stuff bothers you. Think well, that that, that doesn't. You know, that's not England. England don't play in all white. They're not Leeds. They're not Real Madrid. They're this white, blue, white. That, they're England. That's England's colours. Yeah. Listen, look, you see before, hang on a minute, Mark. Before we go, give me a score for Friday, please, Martin. I think I think it's three one England. Danny, three nil. Mark, two nil. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On.